0: Hello, creative soul. It's Lauren LeGrasso here. Welcome to another episode of Unleash Your Inner Creative. Before we get into the creative check in, I have some great news. I'm so excited to say I will be speaking at the Girl Boss Rally on June 29th and 30th at UCLA in Los Angeles. And I'm going to be talking about podcasting, how to start your own podcast. I'll be giving a whole presentation about it. I can speak from experience in saying that the Girl Boss Rally is truly a life changing event. If you're entrepreneurial or you want to become more entrepreneurial, I highly recommend you going. The community of Girlboss has been so supportive of me and I've seen them be so supportive of every woman they come in contact with. It really is an incredible community and every time I've gone to one of their events, I've gotten so much out of it. Not only have I learned, but the people I've met through it have helped me achieve my goals and I've helped them with theirs. So come on out. Come see me speak, and you can get tickets by going to GirlBossRally.com and clicking register. I can't wait to see you there. So, today's creative check in is just because a door is closed doesn't mean it's locked. And I came to learn this lesson quite literally. I'm in a phase of my life where I'm finding metaphors in everything. And I was recently at a coffee shop, and there's one bathroom. I really had to go and I was standing outside of it for a couple minutes and I knocked and I heard nothing. And then I'm like, wait, just because it's closed doesn't mean there's someone in there. So I busted it open and it was a pretty big realization because I realized I wasted all this time assuming that there wasn't a position for me and boy, was I wrong. So I came to this realization just because a door is closed doesn't mean it's locked. And this is a great metaphor for creativity and for many creative assumptions we make. A lot of times before we even try, we assume a position isn't available for us doing what we want to do because it's not initially clear. There's no clear creative path. And that goes for any industry, no matter what you're doing. If you're taking a more creative path, you're going to have to be the trailblazer and it's going to appear as if there's a lot of barred up locked doors in front of you. But sometimes those doors are just closed and you have to bust them open. Or sometimes you have to create the door. But either way, don't assume that something isn't available to you just because it isn't initially apparent. You can build it. Or on the other hand, if somebody says no to you, if there's a a no, that's something that you might think is a locked door. But most often, unless you've terribly offended someone or just like made them think you have absolutely no ability whatsoever, which I doubt you have because you're wildly talented. I know you are. Usually it's just a no for now. You can always follow up. Don't let one blow to your ego mean that you don't give yourself another opportunity down the road once you've shown that you've grown or maybe you weren't right for that position at the time, but there's another position that will open up to you. There's so many examples of this, but it was just really blatantly apparent to me in that moment, again, a very mundane moment, but in that moment, how many times I've locked myself out of an opportunity when all I had to do is twist the fucking door open and walk through and own my power. So if you're in a, ooh, I think that door's locked, but it's actually not moment of your life, I encourage you bust down that door and see what happens. I'm pretty sure you're going to be welcomed into the room. I was. That toilet was happy to see me. (laughs) Maybe I've taken this too far. Anyway, remember just because the door is closed doesn't mean it's locked. Twist the knob, see what happens. All right, now to the guest Emily Scalar is a singer, pure bar instructor and radio host, best known for her work on iHeartRadio in Washington, D.C. and Detroit. Emily's creative journey began when she was just a small babe, when she would put on once-in-a-lifetime concerts for her family. That creative spark transitioned into a deep love for all things audio, including radio. Her path wasn't a straight one. She cut her teeth doing less-than-glamorous part-time promotions work for the local Detroit studio, But she never gave up her vision of being on air. And one day, she got her chance and rose to the occasion.
1: He asked me, like, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I want to do this and I want to do that. And later he told me, when you walked out of my office that day, I I said to myself, this girl's never going to make it anywhere. She doesn't know what she wants. She has no direction. So they wrote me off originally, sent them an air check. The day they got it, I got the best voicemail of my life. And they're like, you are going to do an on-air shift tomorrow. And I was like, what?
0: After that, she started doing overnight and weekend shifts and was eventually given a midday slot at Channel 955 in Detroit. All the while, she kept her passion for music going, performing local gigs with her cover band. These days, she's killing it, working at one of the top 10 markets in America at iHeart's Hot 99.5 in Washington, D.C., I first met Emily through Instagram of all places, even though we were at Michigan State at the same time, we never really knew each other. I was interested in her because I've secretly always had this pipe dream of moving back to Detroit and seeing if I could make my dreams come true out there with the support of my family and friends around me. Meanwhile, she was looking at me here in LA thinking, wow, she's living this cool, luxurious LA life working in radio and podcasting. So we were admiring each other from afar. And it's just kind of interesting because, you know, the grass is always greener and Instagram is never really as it seems, basically. (laughs) But we became friends after that, and I wanted to have her on the show because she has such a lighthearted approach to life and creativity. Plus, she has some really good tips on how to take someone else's doubt in your abilities and turn it into your success. From our conversation, you'll learn how your day job can reveal your purpose, why it's so important to ask for what you want, how to deal with self-doubt, how to overcome creative block, tips for getting into media, and how to focus on pursuing happiness and staying present. Now here she is, Emily Sklar. So growing up, what did you want to be?
1: Literally, I just wanted to perform. I'm on vacation with my parents right now and my aunt and my grandma. So like my whole family with me. And we were talking about. My career and things like when I was little. And I said something to my mom literally the other day. I was like, Mom, I knew I wanted to do this ever since the one day I ran upstairs, put on a vest, came downstairs. <laughs> a vest? I, yeah. <laughs> so, a little backstory. There's this video. <laughs> it's very crucial, okay? No. Um, <laughs> put on a vest or go work in radio. No. Um, so, there's this video. The old
0: standard vest you must wear when you join the radio crew, <laughs>
1: right? So there's this video in my family's like family videos um, of me and like my grandma, my other grandma and my grandpa. I like came downstairs one day. We were having like a family gathering and I just like threw on this vest and sunglasses and like a backwards hat. And you know, those little microphones that didn't really do anything, but just kind of echoed. echoed. I love those. It was pink. Yeah. So I like grabbed one of those and like told my backup singer grandparents to like get behind me and dance to some Motown and just like sang around and it's like the best video of my entire life that sticks in my brain with me like every day when I like wonder if like I'm cut out to do what I'm doing I'm like yo little girl in the vest she'd be proud that's kind of where it all comes back every time I literally just talked about this with my mom the other day which is funny that makes
0: me want to cry yeah I always say you got to do it for the child within right (laughs) But it's interesting, when you were saying that, I'm like, well, God, if that had happened in 2019, you know, you'd be youtube famous by now
1: right hopefully yeah
0: it's so weird even though it wasn't that long ago we grew up in such a different era so
1: different
0: and i'm wondering so your parents were obviously encouraging of you with all of your performing is that true
1: yeah Mm -hmm. okay
0: cool so there's a lot of people out there who have parents who weren't encouraging of them and now they're out into their adulthood and they're trying to make it or they're holding themselves back they're at a day job that they really don't like How can they get over their early childhood programming and go toward what they want?
1: So I will say my parents are a bit more realist than I am. So Bummer. (laughs) So when I – okay, so if I haven't said this already, I work in radio. And when I first started out in radio, I worked in promotions, which is kind of typical of where someone starts out in Mm -hmm. the radio industry if you don't get some crazy break right away. So I was doing a promotions job which is street team, lowest of below, very unpredictable schedule, not really any growth unless you when you say go st- on to do
0: something. Street team are you like going on being like, "Hey everybody, listen to Channel 955." Street in team in the street
1: <laughs> essentially. It's like the people that you'll see at concerts. They set okay. up the tents, they bring the equipment. They're the face of the radio station for the times when there's actually no like personality there got it so they're with the promotions team mm-hmm. but it's like the entry-level job and i was doing this for a really long time and my dad took me out for lunch one day and i was like uh-oh what does this mean i was like why does my dad want to go to lunch with me in the middle of a work day like why is what my dad feeding mean? me yeah
0: <laughs> this can only mean trouble
1: right and so i was like hmm what's his agenda and he basically sat me down and he was like look you've been doing this for a while like what Is next. Are you going to get a real job? Like, what are you doing? Essentially. And I was like. And
0: how old were you at this point?
1: I was. I think I was 24. Okay. And so and I was living at home since college. I think I may have just moved into an apartment with my roommate, but really no concrete idea of like what I wanted to do or at least from the outside it didn't look like that and right like, what are you doing is it time for you to like apply to an advertising agency or like a PR job something in the communications field and I was like no just trust me I'm making my way. And my dad has always told me, don't be afraid to pay your dues. And so I was like, no, I'm paying my dues. I'm going to get there one day. Oh, that's good. Give me time.
0: Use their words against them.
1: Right. (laughs) Right. So that's what I did. And so, I mean, that's always one thing that sticks out in my mind. And I think ever since then, my parents almost trust me completely when it comes to my career and what I'm doing because I have a proven track record that like it may take more time than you think it will. But like I know what I'm doing and I I know that a creative job doesn't necessarily have the same direct path as what people who aren't in a creative job are used to. So it may from the outside look like you may be wasting time or you don't know what you're doing or – you're just kind of floundering around trying to figure your life out. But if you're a creative individual, that's the process and that's kind of what's going to ultimately get you to where you want to be. So like, don't give up on what you want to do. If you have some sort of a stepping stone, maybe it's not a path, but if there's, if there's a next step, go towards it. Don't just give up.
0: So if somebody comes up to you and says, like, let's say you're not even in the field yet, like you're about to make the transition. Yeah. What do you say when people say, like, why are you doing that? You know, you, it's too late for you. You've already chosen your path. Why are you re- reassessing your life and going toward this creative field now? You're bullshit. Stop it. What do you think that that person should say in return? How can they keep the faith in themselves and stand up for themselves in those moments?
1: Marie Kondo, what sparks you joy, right? It's all about what sparks joy in your life. And if you're working at a job that is like painful to go to every day, what's the point of that? You could say that right back. Like, I'm not happy in what I'm doing. What's the point of me working somewhere where I'm not happy? Financial stability. What does that get you if you're not happy in life? So if what you want to do is going to spark you joy, then go for it. Maybe it's not full-time right away. Maybe you do take a little bit of the advice when they're like, it's it's so hard and – what are you doing? Like you have to be real and you have to be able to live, but if it's something that makes you happy and it's something that's going to bring enrichment and fulfillment to your life, tell them that. Because there's no point in working. And ask them, do you are you happy in what you do? Do you wake up every morning excited to do what you want to do? Turn the tables,
0: honey buns. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Make them reflect on what their life choices are because right. they're clearly projecting their own feelings about what they're doing with their life on you
0: right that is such an important thing to realize in life in general is that people are always just projecting because you trigger something in them and then they feel the need to like destroy it in you or call it out in you yes because they can't handle it yes so that's a good thing to keep in mind
1: and the crazy thing too is i feel like we're living in an era right now where everyone has these same exact thoughts in their head of like anxiety and what are people thinking of me and like this FOMO culture that we're living in right now where everyone has this feeling that like they're the only one that feels like they're not doing enough and it's like everyone feels the exact same way. Right. So like don't let that fear of thinking about how other people are perceiving what you're doing stop you from doing what you want to do because they are probably feeling that insecurity about themselves.
0: Right. And I mean, the worst thing you could do is not try.
1: Exactly. Because at
0: least then if you try and then you don't succeed or you have to go in a different direction, you can look back and be proud of yourself because you were courageous. My mantra for this year is be brave, be brave because I feel like in years past, I've let my fear of judgment and my fear of failure and my desire to be perfect completely choke hold my dreams. Mm -hmm. And I've, kind of put myself to the side so I could help other people's dreams come true, which is great. And yeah. I do love doing that. That's why I want to do this podcast because I I love seeing the potential in someone and helping that grow. And I think that that's something we should all do as human beings. But at a certain point, you have to let your faith in yourself be greater than your fear. Yes. And so hopefully you listening can do that.
1: Right. And it's something that comes with time too. Because I remember when I was first starting out trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I almost felt like I didn't have enough experience to make me worthy of what I was trying to do. Mm.
0: Um, How did you get over that feeling of unworthiness?
1: I started to realize that I had skills in when I would do something and put my whole heart into it. People were receptive of it. I'm lucky that... I had some really awesome people in my life and in my career that kind of molded me into the person that I became and that they had a lot of faith in me. Yes, it was very hard to get that initial chance, but once I got it, they were like, wow, she's really talented. And that kind of gave me the courage that I needed to be like, okay, I'm actually good at this. And then growing with time, you're like, I have skills and I've shown those skills to other people and been able to help them and seen how they've reacted. So kind of comes with time but if you have like one person that really believes in your skills it's really all it takes and maybe that one person's yourself but like just just having that reassurance to be like no you are good at what you're doing like don't give up on it
0: so can you you were talking about your break that you got in radio yeah could you tell the story of how that happened because it's pretty miraculous I think yeah I mean like obviously you're an incredible talent but this kind of stuff rarely happens in the business
1: it rarely happens, but it's how it always happens. Yeah. It's kind of right place, right time. And somebody told me that when I was very first starting out as an intern. I was like, how did you get on air? And they were like, honestly, right place, right time. I was a temp. And then, like, they just needed someone. And now she's on a nationally syndicated morning show. And I was like, okay, well, I can't really plan that. So, like, I'm going to be a temp. Right? Like, <laughs> I'm just going to, like, put myself in every place. So I yeah. Can the right place at the right time. And it was like, great. That doesn't mean anything to me. But long story short... So I work for iHeartMedia. I'm from Detroit originally, so I started out right, right. Hey, really, what I wanted to do was work in talk radio. I was like obsessed with Cosmo Radio on Sirius for the long As time. As was I. Isn't
0: that so funny? Oh God, it's so that's great. what got me into audio. That's what got me into radio
1: too. Oh, I love that's it. So it's my so boss
0: right. started Cosmo Radio. No way. So who I work with now? Yeah, it's oh, pretty cool. That's
1: amazing. <laughs> I was obsessed. Like, yeah,
0: me absolutely too. Obsessed. Every single show, loved it.
1: I loved that connection. Yeah. Like. Actually, did
0: we not talk about that when we first met? I don't, I don't know. Okay, Emily and I first met up back in twenty seventeen. I mean, I think we were both kind of at crossroads yes, in our life. We like we were. were both like, I don't know. I think I'm about to make a change. I'm not positive. Mm-hmm. Or it was like maybe early twenty eighteen, and so. We talked and talked and we did find out we had a XM connection. We had all these weird connections. We both yeah. went to Michigan State. Mm-hmm. But that Cosmo radio thing is really funny. funny. And it is cool because it just goes to show that every time you put something creative out there, you have the ability, the unique ability to inspire someone else and spark someone else right. to achieve their dreams.
1: Yeah. I have a little story about why I wanted to go into radio too. So, Please.
0: Let, we're going to – we'll get back to the the yeah. big break, but let's diverge just into a, this. Just a
1: little aside for anyone who is like, why radio? Like, why do you want to do that? And this is kind of to the tune of what you just said about inspiring people. So I used to be a camp counselor, and one summer my grandfather was essentially dying while I was mm-hmm. at camp. He was in the hospital all summer, and I get a call while I'm there, you need to leave, he's going to die today. So I get in my car. It's about a two-hour drive from the camp to the hospital. This is in Michigan. This is in Michigan. And I'm like, okay, I can't listen to the radio right now. I can't listen to music because I'm just going to be with my thoughts and the music's going to be in the background. I need to listen to something that's talking to me that I feel like I'm in a conversation. And this was before podcasts were a thing. This is like 2013 – I was flipping through the stations and I was in, I was driving through a city that I wasn't familiar with really in the middle of nowhere. It was at a camp. So mm-hmm. I didn't know like talk radio channels. Camp like, city. Right. Camp city. Port Huron. Well, <laughs> it was like a small city outside of Port Huron, if you know where that is, but not important. <laughs> so I flipped through the serious stations looking for something on talk and I come upon Cosmo Radio and it's all... Old- with
0: Patrick?
1: No, it was, what was that show Diana was on? It was a show that got discontinued. Oh, I don't know that I don't one. even remember, but it was a show that completely took me out of my headspace, made me forget about the fact that I was going to watch my grandfather die, is really what happened next. I drove for two hours, got to the hospital, and within, I don't know, three hours, he was gone. And for those two hours, I was able to fully immerse myself in someone else's conversation and lose myself in those moments. And I remember pulling in to the hospital. When I left, I was so anxious. I was freaking out like a huge person in my life was about to be gone and I knew it was coming and I get to the hospital and I was like, I just drove for 2 hours and didn't even think about that. So, the power of what you put out there as a creative can enhance someone's life so immensely and it that one drive sparked a career for me, which is kind of crazy. Oh, that um, gave me chills. Yeah, so the power of what you put out there in the moment, you may just be like this is like a fun video. This is a fun something. You never really know the impact that you have on someone. It's really powerful. So whenever you do think like, why am I doing this? It's not good enough. It's not perfect enough. The editing, the lighting, think about why you're doing it. Bring it back to that. Mm. Root yourself in why you're doing what you're doing because creativity has such an impact on the world that so many things don't. Putting that creative spin on whatever you do it reaches someone on a deeper level.
0: It's a lifesaver. I really believe that repressed creativity is the cause of a lot of the world's suffering. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, so back to your story. So Cosmo Radio is what sparked your passion so that's what for sparked radio. My passion.
1: So all And I then wanted, you started
0: working at 955 in right. Detroit.
1: So all I wanted to do was intern at Sirius. Mm-hmm. So I like decided to hit up my local station, 955, in Detroit. And see if I could get an internship for like a few months there. While now, I were you time. Still, in the I was time? still in school at the time? I was still in school at the time. Um, I was going into my senior year, Okay. but I was still in school. So I thought I would do like a two-month internship. Fast forward, I ended up staying as an intern for the morning show that I grew up listening to, mind you. So like every time I would walk into the studio, I would like avert my eyes. Like I was terrified <laughs> when I was getting their coffee order. I would like avert my – I was like afraid to look them in the eye because I looked up to these Aww. people. I listened to them every day yeah. when I was younger. So yeah, ended up interning for them for about a year. I thought I was going to do it for like two months. Ended up being like ten Ended up going to Sirius after that and then came back to Michigan.
0: And you went to Sirius to intern, right? To
1: intern for Mm -hmm. one summer. So I actually ended up doing it, not for Cosmo Radio, (laughs) but for a different station. But came back to Michigan, ended up working in promotions for three years. And that's kind of the time when my dad was having that conversation with me. What are you doing? What's going on? And I remember I was actually out of town with my family. And I was like, I am so sick of doing promotions. I need to figure out what I'm doing. I'm losing all my audio skills that I had when I interned at Sirius. Like, what am I doing with my life? So on a whim, I emailed the morning show guy, Mojo, in the morning in Detroit. And I was like, can I learn anything else from you? What well, can I sit in on your show? Can I le- – whatever. So he was like, why don't you learn to board up from me? I can't pay you, but come in every Thursday and watch me run the board. And at least you'll learn something else. Maybe they can get you board upping. And I was like, Perfect. So I'd come in every Thursday morning, which was on my own time. I would like sit in, watch them. He started to let me run the board during one of their segments. And after that, I was like, OK, I feel like I've mastered watching you run the board Is there anything else I can do. And he's like, why don't we meet up and we'll have a chat. So one day after the show, he sat me down and he chatted with me and was like, what do you want to do? What's going on? Like, tell me about what you want to do. And at the end of this conversation, he said to me, he's like, I'm going to say this to you because I don't think you're going to do it unless I say this. And he's like, I don't think you're going to do what you say. He's like, I think you need a little kick under your ass to like do what you're going to say you're going to do. Essentially, was like sending him an air check and trying to be on air. And I was like, I'm going to show you. I'm going to send you an air check. So that week I made an air check, sent it to him and my PD at the time, who also is program director. So he was in charge of programming on air. And so... (laughs) And he also, when I first met with him, he asked me, like, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I want to do this and I want to do that. And later he told me, when he walked out of my office that day, I I said to myself, this girl's never going to make it anywhere. She doesn't know what she wants. She has no direction. So they wrote me off originally, sent them an air check. The day they got it, I got the best voicemail of my life. And they're like, you are going to do an on-air shift tomorrow. And I was like, what? So, yeah, that's pretty much how I got it. Sorry, that was really loud.
0: That's okay. No, so that's, it's fine. Yeah. A well-appropriated so, um, peak in the audio can work yeah. just fine.
1: So that's kind of the roundabout way. It was a long story, but that's...
0: Well, it, it's always a long on. story. It's like an, they always say an overnight success that took 10 years. Yeah, right? It's so true. Yeah. You know? Okay, there's so much to unpack from that story. One thing I noticed is that you offered yourself up as a worker to Mojo, it was. So how did you go about doing that? And how could somebody else who is working with someone kind of like in an auxiliary way or just like on the sidelines reach out to someone for mentorship?
1: I mean, I think now in the day and age of social media and connection, it's like so not daunting to reach out to someone via social media and be like, Hey, I see what you do. I like what you do. Do you need help with what you're doing? Right. And I think that's the missing
0: piece is like a lot of people just say like, can I take you out for coffee? And I got an email like that recently and it's like, yeah, yeah, you can. Um, But at the same time, it has to be a mutually beneficial situation. What I like about what you did is you offered yourself up to help. Yeah. You know? I
1: mean, know your worth, too. Like, if they're going to take advantage of you, like, maybe that's not the situation you want to be in. But if you have time and if you have resources available to, like, just learn from someone, that's Mm -hmm. always invaluable.
0: Right. And then looking back on that situation, you had two people who basically undervalued or not undervalued, but underestimated what you were going to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think they just never saw the proof behind what I was saying and they were just like this girl's young talking a big game but like what does she have to back it up and
0: obviously it it worked out for you but if somebody else is in that position like they have these big dreams and they want to tell people what their dreams are how can they do that in a way where people won't be like yeah I'll believe it when I see it
1: I don't know because that's something I've always been afraid of and I feel Mm -hmm. like that's another thing that came with finding my confidence in my abilities I never really vocalized what exactly I wanted to do Mm -hmm. for the fear and that's that's kind of why I had a roundabout, well, I want to do this and I want to do mm-hmm. that. And I never actually told him I want to be on air because I never actually believed it would happen, Aww. which it's not even a sad thing. It's just I know. Kind of I'm like just a, like, I'm I
0: excited just, that it did for you.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. And there's so many other things I want to do and just speak it into existence because mm-hmm. not saying it does more harm than good. I mean, if I would have said all this sooner and reached out sooner who knows maybe I would have been on air sooner I I spent three years doing promotions and the first year was amazing the second year was like fine it was fun honestly I made some of my best friends and I will say working at a very like basic low level entry level job for so long gave me a really really good respect and foundation for the industry and the people in the industry and now when I like work with the promotional team and a radio station I want to be their best friends because like I was there and I will never like leave them to pack up on their own because I've been there before. It, it's it's humbling. It puts you in a position where mm-hmm. you understand what other people are doing and I can never be that person that's just like, I'll just show up and like do my thing and leave. Do you know what I mean? I have oh, yeah. respect for the people that work behind the scenes and like take the time to set up for you and. Do that kind of thing. And I think there are a lot of people in creative industries that once they get to a certain level, they forget where they came from.
0: Right. Or they never – a lot of times people skip steps and then they don't have to work those shit jobs and they don't really respect the people who are working the shit jobs the way you would because you did it.
1: And I think it's important to know kind of like everything that goes into what you're doing Mm -hmm. just so you can have a respect for what you're doing and know like, wow, I'm really lucky to be in this position. And
0: Right. I mean – that's that's a really good note, and I want you who are listening to think about that. If you are not in the place you want to be, don't despair. Think about how much more you're going to appreciate it when you get there. Yes. You yes. know, I spent a lot of time fighting myself. It was like literal fight club in Burbank, just me against me, <laughs> because I was so disturbed by the fact that I hadn't made it by the time I was 25, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. I... I thought that I was a failure and I, I mean, I told myself lots of really destructive stories that did not help my cause because I wasn't going to give up. Right. So I was just sitting there being mean to myself for no reason when really what I could have done was try to be present, enjoy the moment and realize that this was all a journey so that I can be a better leader someday, so that I can be a better artist, more rich. I mean, if we know suffering, there's so much purpose in that. What has your suffering taught you and how has it enhanced your creativity?
1: Suffering. I mean, that's kind of a strong word.
0: I mean, everyone suffers. Yeah. And maybe you've just never put that word on it, but your pain, your trauma, your your past experiences that didn't go your way.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say a lot of it is just frustration. And in frustration, you kind of have to learn how to work your way out of that situation, right? Like when you're frustrated, your first thoughts are like, Ugh, how do I make this feeling stop? What do I do mm-hmm. to get out of this feeling? You know? And that's kind of that's kind of where this whole thing stemmed from. I was frustrated in the job that I had. I knew that I wanted to do more, and I basically got to a breaking point and I was like, okay, I'm gonna reach out. I'm just gonna reach out and see what happens. And if mm-hmm. if nothing happens from it, at least I reached out. I'm more of the person that's like, I'm gonna be more mad at the shots I didn't take than at the shots that failed.
0: Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's an office joke. <laughs>
1: But, you know, like you're going to be more upset with the the situations in which you just never tried than the situations where you tried and failed. It's easier for me to digest a failure that was my own doing than like a failure that I never tried to do. Because there's always that what if. There's always that. Right. Right.
0: I mean, I think that that's true, but we trick ourselves into thinking it's easier to not try.
1: Exactly, you know, it is easier to not. Try. Yeah, it if is. You never try. It's like, well, I, I didn't, I didn't do it, so like, mm-hmm. I didn't actually fail. It's fine. It's right. Whatever. I just never tried it. But I don't know. I feel like.
0: But why? You know, like yeah. why live like that? Because you have the opportunity to try, and I just don't want to look ever look back on my life when I'm like 85 and be like wow, you really – you had the opportunity. You were in the right place at the right time. You had the right connections and you didn't do it because you were scared.
1: Yeah. I just – I feel like regret is so much stronger of a feeling than a failure is. Because you can still be proud of a failure. Exactly. You
0: can still be proud of a failure when you put everything into it and it just didn't work out. The world is not fair. Life isn't fair. That's just part of it. Like Mm -hmm. if we walk around thinking that's going to happen, then we'll always be unhappy. But we do have control over our own own actions. So if we put everything into a project and it still doesn't work out, at least we can look back and know we did everything we could. And we can be proud of that.
1: Yeah. And I feel like failures always lead to something else, something else that you're meant to do. I'm one of those people. I'm definitely a person that's like in the mindset of like things are meant to happen to you at the right time, Mm -hmm. at the right place. I don't know. Maybe that's just like a defense mechanism. But I kind of believe like –
0: I just – I believe that because – I don't know everything in the universe is so even though it's screwed up perfect in its own way like how could everything not be happening for you
1: for sure and I think when you when you do fail at something or at least you tried you learn a lot about yourself first you learn a lot about what you're doing and then you can Mm -hmm. take those skills put them towards something new and if you never tried it then you never have those skills you never have those experiences and you never put yourself in a situation to go somewhere else
0: so true yeah. Yeah, when I moved out here, I thought that I would be an actor. That's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to act. And I mean, I wouldn't say I completely failed. Like I got to join SAG after I booked some union jobs, you know. But it was it wasn't what I thought it would be. I thought I would skyrocket to the top, be a star, be on a sitcom, just be posting up, you know, at the WB lot every day, <laughs> and that was not the case. And so it started breaking my heart. But from that pain, I found radio. Mm -hmm. I started writing music. I started playing guitar. I started performing all around Los Angeles. I started producing. There's so many things that I never would have done if I had just succeeded. Yeah. So when you fail at something, you either have the opportunity to shrink and make yourself smaller or expand and find dreams that you never even thought were a remote possibility.
1: And I'm kind of in that space too where I'm trying to figure out like, what do I do now? Now that I'm like – and on air wasn't necessarily always the goal of my entire life. Like we started this. Like I wanted to perform, and I'm a singer as well. That's kind of the reason I went into radio was because, well, I don't think I'll make it as a singer. So like, why don't I go behind the scenes and be on the radio, and then, right. then maybe I'll figure you can out slip the your secrets. music in there. <laughs> and then radio turned into a passion of mine. And so it's kind of crazy that my whole career stemmed from like being almost too afraid to go after what I really wanted to do, which was music and singing. But I will say, like, I found like local bands and stuff. Like back in Detroit, I was in. Two really fun local bands and was able to, like, get my outlet out that way. Mm-hmm. working on trying to figure out a band. I'm in D.C. now, so.
0: You were on air in Detroit, mm-hmm. living your dreams. And then tell me how you ended up in D.C. I know that there was a few events that happened in between yeah. Detroit and D.C., and I would love to talk about those.
1: Yeah. So I got on air in Detroit really quickly, um, kind of unexpectedly. Like I said, I sent an air check, and, like, the next day they put me on, like, overnights, few months later they decided to bring me on middays so I was on six days a week I was still part-time which at the time I was like I will take anything like right let you just me, want to I just want door. to do it like this is awesome fast forward three years later I was still in the same position I could tell that there really wasn't many opportunities for me to move anywhere and in radio it's really hard there's one person that's on each day part. So if that mm-hmm. person doesn't leave or move, there is really no other place for you to go on that station. So really needed full-time job cuz like when you turn 26, you got to be an adult. So Fuck. right? Like <laughs> what is life? It's true something about that.
0: That's when I got my full-time job was when I turned 26. You're just like, "Oh, yeah. I
1: got to do this now." Yeah.
0: I mean, it just it happened by accident though. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, that's a lot.
0: I would have been a vagabond forever if I could.
1: Yeah, I don't know what I did, but I'm very, very grateful for my parents there. Like I said, they were very supportive of me, Mm. and they kind of just – they knew that I was working towards something. And, I mean, once they saw that – my dad's a lawyer. My mom's a dental hygienist. So I feel like they didn't really understand at first, like – this isn't like you go to college, you get a degree in something, and then you get a job in it. It's you go to college, you get a degree. Maybe that degree applies to the radio. Maybe it doesn't matter at all. And right. And you kind of just take the opportunity as they come. There's not really a direct path. Once they got that, very supportive. So mm-hmm. I am so lucky. I would not have been able to work part-time. I was working part-time. I wasn't a full-time yeah. employee at the time. But were, I was on success Were you week. working
0: another job or just yeah, doing that? Yeah,
1: so – I had a couple other jobs. I was a fitness instructor for a little while. I like I said joined a band. So that was really oh, yeah, fun. You're yeah, my yep. parents came to every gig. They were obsessed. <laughs> my parents are great. I got to say my parents, I love them. They're yeah, amazing.
0: Yeah. They but sound great.
1: They did have to support me. Like I somehow my like parents were able to and that's another thing. Like when you're a creative person sometimes you do have to rely on other people to help you out a little bit mm-hmm. when you're making your dreams work. And those people that help you and support you are people you need to appreciate and really need to.
0: Well, it's just as much their dream and their success as it is yours. Mm-hmm. You and know? My,
1: yeah. My parents were so supportive. They would come out to a- event. I love them. I, I Honestly, it's going to make me cry. <laughs> I cannot.
0: Because, because I so thankful. many people don't have that, no. you know? And no. so I think we do need to speak to them because there's a lot of people out here. Like this city is so hard. Yeah. L.A that the city can eat people alive, yeah. you know? But I think we need to give some some tips for people who
1: don't, don't have, have that parental yeah. support. Family Fi- is a word. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, go for it. Family is a word that I don't think is, needs to be a blood relation thing. Right. It's a word that has a meaning mm-hmm. rather than a definition, if that makes sense, like right,
0: like a connotation, yeah, versus a denotation,
1: yes, yeah. Wow, fancy. seventh
0: grade English right? coming to play.
1: But but you, I think you can choose your family. If your family is not someone you get along with, or if your family, your blood family, is not someone that should be in your life, you can choose your family and let those people be the people that build you up. And it is really important to have those people around you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do it on your own. But it's so much better when you have people that enjoy your success around you as much as you're enjoying it.
0: Right. And and just from a money perspective, if you don't have somebody who can support you, which most people don't have yeah. the luxury of, find jobs or a job that does support your dream. Yes. You yes, know, and yes. that's flexible enough and that, that allows you to be happy enough. Like at a certain point I was working, I was doing auto shows. I was doing kettle chips, like passing out kettle chips. Yeah. Working at Sirius and then, like, doing any little music gigs I could do at the time. Yeah, You know, but, like, all of those were flexible enough and enough fun
1: where I could still pursue my dreams. I was doing retail. I was working – actually, I will say this. I was working for Lululemon at the time. At first, I was like, wow, this is, like, weird. They make you, like, write your goals and put them on the wall. How (laughs) weird is that? Like, this is a clothing company. What? I think that changed my life because they make you vocalize your goals. And I'm not a person that's like, speak it into an existence and it will be like, I, I was never like that.
0: It's true though. But it
1: kind of is. Like, I just
0: started telling people I wanted to work at Sirius and then like three months later it happened. It, happened.
1: it really does. And I think I said that earlier. Like say yeah, Say what you want out loud mm-hmm. because when you hear yourself saying it, you're like, wait, that's a thing. That's a thing. I can make it a thing. and then it's, <laughs> You know? So I think it is important and- It's kind of crazy that like working at Lululemon, which I just thought would be, oh, that's fun. Like, why not? I'll get some workout clothes out of it. I was a bar instructor at the time. Like, (laughs) cool. Let me get some clothes. turned into – honestly, I started that and then I got on air like a few months later. I think that that's a
0: really good point though, Emily, because a lot of times those little jobs that you think are remedial jobs or that make you feel bad or Mm -hmm. weird or you just don't care about teach you something greater. Yeah. So look at those little jobs that you have – and ask what the lesson is from it. Yeah. What can I What can I gain out of this? What can I take? What's the overarching thing that I'm learning here that I can apply to all areas of my life? And how can it help me get closer to my dreams? You had a creative approach to it. I mean, your creativity shined through in that area. And I think because of that, you were able to take that to your radio goal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, you never know who you're going to meet mm-hmm. in those jobs. Definitely. Networking is so important. Yeah. It really is. And it's not – I always – I hate – Part of me hates networking because I don't like feeling like I'm using someone for something else. It's not called using. It's called helping. Right. I will say one thing about any sort of creative job or honestly anything that you do in life. I feel like you need to do it with genuine. It has to be genuine. Mm -hmm. What you're doing needs to come from like a genuine place and make it authentic. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like so many people go into whatever they want to do in life with with like a – well, I want to do this to be famous. I want to do this to get like right. a bunch of Instagram likes. I want to do this because if I post a picture, I can get free things out of it. <laughs> and if you're going into whatever you're doing and you're creating things that don't feel authentic or you post something and you're like, ugh, that just like did not feel right. Don't do it. Right. Don't do
0: it. The don't intention it. behind whatever you're doing is just as important, probably more important than what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I think, too, when you're doing something, asking yourself how it's serving others. Like, how can I serve? I, I th- That's from some, like, spiritual teaching. But mm. it's true. Like, I heard this wonderful woman, Layla Delia, say, purpose is all about service. Oh, wow. So, I mean, like, with your radio hosting, you're giving a service. You're bringing people joy. You are putting your voice out into the world. Yeah. And it's scary because you're opening yourself up to judgment and criticism. But you're also opening yourself up to love. You're opening other people up to, you know, possibly sparking their dreams. There's so many yeah. great things that come out of that. And it's really from a point of service when you break it down.
1: Mm-hmm. And I will say to get back to from <laughs> Detroit, we are, we are really good at getting off track. I know, it's but okay. I like
0: the tracks that we get off I to do it's
1: fun. <laughs> going from Detroit to DC. Basically there were just no more opportunities. They wanted me to, to get me a full-time position. They had me working in like a different department, and that took away from the time that I could spend being on air and it was just like I was Can you say what department them. it was? Yeah, I was working in the sales department which was a really good learning experience for me, but it took away I, they want they needed more time in the sales department than they wanted me to essentially like ha- basically they wanted my time to be focused in sales rather than the on-air side and they were like, "Okay, yes, still do your show, but like we need you during the day." in the sales department and I had no interest in becoming a radio salesperson at that time in my life, who knows, 20 years from now, maybe, but like at this time in my life, like I wanted to be,
0: you wanted to keep growing in the position that you wanted to do.
1: Exactly. And I felt like I was just scratching the surface with on air and it felt like by putting so much of my day in sales. I was losing my ability to do a show the way I wanted to, and like that goes back to being authentic and having the, the intention behind what you're doing. I didn't want to put out something that I felt like I had to scramble to put together. I wanted to be able to put my your best focus work out there into that, mm-hmm. and so I was like, you know what, I need to find something that allows me to do more stuff with the programming side of radio, and I need to reach out. and Luckily, I had made a friend at the iHeart Festival in Vegas, and he was in the dc market and he was like yo you need to apply we're hiring for nights." and i was like okay didn't even think of anything of it i actually saw the job posted and a friend of mine had just gotten laid off and i was like about to tell him to apply for it i wasn't even thinking it was within the realm of possibility for me to go and leave and that's another that goes back to thinking like am i good enough for this position Mm -hmm. who knows ended up applying and I got the job in DC and it was scary moving I'd never moved before and at this time I was 27 years old and I don't know in the Midwest when you're 27 I feel like that's the age where everyone starts settling down and oh it's oh god like, I know am I really gonna make this big of a move at this time which isn't really that big of a move but at the time I was like hmm this is kind of this is awesome I'm gonna do it and I took the jump and I'm so grateful that I did I'm so grateful for everything I learned in Detroit but it's cool to be able to almost like start over start fresh come into a new space and it's just I don't know the level of wisdom that I have now I feel like I can apply to a fresh environment and a fresh space and now I get to learn a whole new market and a whole new people and it's it's cool
0: what does it change in culture because I mean it's got to be a really different culture between Mm -hmm. detroit and dc what does a change in culture and a literal change in in space and location do for your creative life and yourself as a
1: host it's a little weird because i'm the type of person that i say i like change but i don't think i do i like most
0: people don't actually
1: yeah i love the comfort of knowing the people around me and knowing the streets and knowing,
0: I love knowing the streets, yo. No, no, like, I know what you mean. Knowing where, like, I'm knowing going where to turn, and
1: knowing where things are, right? <laughs> from the D, yeah. No, um, uh, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, I love the comfort of just the bar oh, yeah. cheers, like, walking in. And I always say knows your going name.
0: home is like re entering the womb, right? It's just so easy, everything's taken care of, or just
1: like n- literally, like, walking into a bar and straight up uh-huh. cheersing life, like, everyone knows your name there, mm-hmm. and like, that was like a little stifling because. It takes me a minute to get my bearings and to be like, okay, this is where I want to focus my energy. This is what I want to try to do. I'm not someone who can like just jump in right away and be like, I'm going to do this and this and this and this. It takes me a minute to find and seek out the community in which I want to root myself in.
0: That's smart because if you do that too quickly then you can get tangled with all the wrong people.
1: Yeah or just like the scene that's not maybe mm-hmm. for you and then you feel like oh well I already started here so I gotta keep going. Yeah. So I'm 10 months in there and I'm st- I'm, I'm just starting to really feel like I have a community and, but it's definitely for me it was like a little stifling at first and a little discouraging because I couldn't find a band for so long and like just wanted to do that. I'm also working nights when before I worked middays. Mm. So trying to, like, figure out that balance. It's hard, but and, – and there have been so many times where I'm like, what am I doing? Do I even like what I'm doing? Should I quit and, like, do something completely different? I've gone through that, in my brain – So many times. So many times. I think
0: that's like a thing that everybody thinks all the time. Even if they're super happy. Like I think that there are even – we're right up the street from the WB lot. I think there are people on that lot who are literally sitcom stars, like the best job ever, and are like – do I even like this? Is this even fulfilling? Right. Am I a sellout? You know, mm-hmm. th- I think that's a real If you are living an authentic life and you do not question yourself like that, good for you. Maybe you're like a baby Buddha, but mm-hmm. otherwise, I think that's real normal.
1: Right, totally. And giving
0: yourself permission to ask those questions and keep answering them authentically.
1: Well, and it's 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 good. It feels rejuvenating once you once you get past that feeling cuz it's it's a hard feeling to have when you're like what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Does it even matter what I'm doing? Like do, me talking during an Ariana Grande song on the radio, Does it? what am I doing? What is it for? I had these questions and I was going through them in my head. And honestly, I reached out to women in radio on Instagram. You can oh yeah, them. I follow them. Yeah. And I reached out to them and I was like, I need you to post this for me because I just, I just want to see other people's responses. And I was like, I want to know why... You love radio. Why do you do what you do? And sometimes it just takes, like, hearing other people reiterate, like, what is so great about what you're doing. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, that mob mentality where yeah. you're just like, yeah, it is. And so it just sometimes you get so in your head about what you're doing. And mm-hmm. if you're in the right place, if you're doing enough, that's another thing, too. In this time in life oh. where everyone's doing the most, it's like, am I doing enough? Can I be more? Can I do more? And that's so hard and those thoughts, like I said earlier, everyone has them in their head and they feel like they're so isolated and they feel like they're the only ones right And it's like you put it out there and people are like, I went into this because of this and because of that and I'm like, that's why and I, I always take myself back to that day in the car with my with my grandfather and realizing maybe in the moment I'm so focused on myself and so focused on like what I'm not doing that mm-hmm. I don't realize what I am doing right? And what I am capable of. And that's so important to find within yourself.
0: Yes. How do you know the difference between normal self-doubt and actual you're not doing enough? Because I think that sometimes as creatives, like mm-hmm. we can start to rest on our laurels and be like, well, I'm already working so hard at this, so I don't have time for this. Yeah. How do you know the difference between just being self-doubt and being a hater to yourself Yeah, and you're actually not doing enough?
1: I honestly don't know if there's an answer to that because I think that's a personal thing. Mm. I think
0: I need the answer, Emily. Please help me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think you know if you're doing enough yeah. because if you don't feel like you're enriched and you feel like you have more potential to put something out there, do it. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work and if you feel like you're exerting too much energy in what you're doing, then don't. I've been in the position of my life where I'm putting like effort into a hundred things. And that's when you know you're doing too much because things start to suffer and things slip. And I've been there before where I've lost opportunities because I wasn't able to put a hundred percent into it. And I was just like, I I physically couldn't do it. It was just too many things. And I've also been in this situation and I kind of feel like that's where I am now where I'm putting a hundred percent into one thing and making it really good. But I, I have more that I can give in other areas and I just need to figure out
0: How to balance it.
1: Well, where to go and how to do it. And what are those avenues? You'll know. In my life right now, I know I have, like, I'm not in a band. I'm starting to, like, work on with a few people. And, like, I'm singing in the car all day, every day because I'm like, I just miss doing this. And those, Mm -hmm. it's like your creative outlet will come out in other ways. And you'll know that you need to, like, put that energy towards something else. But I think it's an internal thing. And I think that you can't measure yourself against other people and what they're doing. And that's so important. Not to do, because I feel like that's the measure that a lot of people use. It's like, well, I'm doing all these things, but this person's doing this and they're doing also that. And if that doesn't feel right for you, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. So don't measure what you're doing against someone else. You have to measure it against yourself.
0: So one big thing is like, if you're feeling creatively blocked, it's very hard to produce and that's difficult Mm -hmm. when it's your job or even when it's just your hobby. Yes. Do you have any tips for getting out of a creative blockage?
1: I think the best thing is just talking to other people. Grabbing someone that is kind of like in the same situation as you. I don't know. I get in my head a lot. I feel like just mentally unloading on someone else. Not too much because like that's a lot. But I don't know. Having a conversation with someone. Yeah. Getting out of Relating your Relating to
0: them. Let's not say unloading because you'll, you'll say your piece and then they'll relate to you.
1: Yeah. Or honestly just – Yo, can we talk? I feel so blah, blah, blah. And then honestly, 99% of the time, they'll say, oh, I feel it too. <laughs> you know? And yeah. I feel like those times when you're able to like mentally – I'm going to say it, mentally dump whatever is like stuck in there, it is – this is a graphic image, but it's like a blockage in your brain. If you dump it out, Whoa. like, yo, you got some room in there to, to stew I was just things.
0: picturing all this shit in my brain, like pouring out. Whenever I picture like bad energy leaving my body, again, very hippie, I picture bad energy leaving my body and it literally comes out like an oil spill. Really?
1: I picture like poop emojis everywhere. So <laughs> that's, that's a lot of different. <laughs>
0: No, I love you. You're like you're like the more like fun, peppy version of me. And I'm like, have you ever thought about how the universe is all spinning the way but it's I'd supposed to? I feel to? like I
1: need that sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I'm just like... No.
0: And Bleh! sometimes I need to be a little lighter. Like I'm very lighthearted about things, but then I get very dramatic about things.
1: But you need that in life. I guess. You need, you need the balance. If we yeah. were all one way, it'd be so lame.
0: I know. It'd probably be easier too.
1: <laughs> probably. But easy is not fun. I know boring yeah easy is boring yeah mentally dump your shit out of your brain yeah whether it's oil
0: or a poop emoji just go for it it,
1: yeah then you have room (laughs) for the good stuff
0: i love it so okay what do you think makes a creative person deep
1: i don't like to put definitions on things like creative because i feel like the word creative in itself sparks this idea of like out of the box thinking so like to put a definition on it i feel like is Not doing it justice. Um, I feel like to be a creative person. You have a passion for something. And you go for it. And you put that passion behind. What you do. And why you're doing it. And to be creative means that you take. Life. Maybe in a different approach than other people do. And you're able to. Mold whatever you're doing. With your own view on it. Mm -hmm. And not constraining it to Mm -hmm. what you think is the way it should be but to what's really truly authentic to yourself i think at the core creativity is about doing what is authentic to you and not what you think should be out there because if you think about it the most creative people are the people that have their own unique spin on things and come up with ideas that are not there
0: so one thing that I was telling you about that I want to do is try to find a way to help people find creativity in the mundane. Like even literally, if you have a dog, you're picking up dog shit. Like how can you do it in the most creative way possible? <laughs> you know, without being gross.
1: So how key, do you? That's key right there, without being gross. Key, <laughs> Be key. Because <laughs> people are gross.
0: So how do you find creativity in the mundane areas of life? Mm. What's the way Emily does it? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> Like for me, I think my thing is I'll sing things. Yeah. Like when I'm editing yeah, audio, say. I'm like, I fucking hate editing audio. <laughs> like like just like doing little things that will yeah. like pep me up and, and make things easier.
1: Yeah. I think – I honestly don't think everything in life needs to be done in a creative way. I think just doing things in a way in which you enjoy them is is key. So if you're a person – who for me like I literally hate putting away clothes if you walked into my apartment right now I don't know if you could see the floor in my bedroom that makes me feel better (laughs) but like I just didn't put them away so um I'll like listen to a podcast while I'm cleaning and it sparks my creativity in that way because I'm listening to someone else being creative or listening to a conversation or just getting my mind going I think like getting your mind going and just or being mindless in activities and letting Mm -hmm. your mind wander is like a really which might
0: be creative yeah yeah, it brings it 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 opens up the opportunity for creativity to flow in. I think yeah. that's good advice.
1: But I don't think I I do think people fall into a trap of like trying to make everything so much. And like not just like letting things be in a way. Like we're always in our phones, we're always What can I do to do this? What can I do to get these, this reaction? Like everyone's thinking like 30 steps ahead and they're missing the beautiful flower. That's two steps ahead of them. And they're missing, oh, there's a flower in front of us. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like everyone's thinking a million steps ahead and trying to like make grandness out of like literally drinking coffee. But like you can just enjoy it in the moment and like let Mm -hmm. it be simple. I think simplicity sometimes is overlooked too.
0: Well, maybe the most creative thing in 2019 is just being present.
1: Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. Because we are all- Try that
1: concept on for size, I would love
0: to. I think that that's something we all are lacking and that's a big reason for our anxiety and our fear and our uh, overthinking everything before doing it. So if we could just be present like you're proposing, maybe we wouldn't need to find a creative way to pick up dog shit. Maybe we could just quickly do it and then move on with our lives. Right?
1: Right. Yeah. And then gives you more time to actually be creative in things that, you know, you need to put your energy towards.
0: I like it. Thank you. Yeah. So what's next for your creative life?
1: <laughs> I don't know. If you, do, you have like a, do you have like a crystal ball over there? Can you tell me?
0: I think, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I have my ideas, but yeah. I want to hear what what would be your ideal? Like if I could give you a wish, mm-hmm. I'm your, your creative genie. What was that
1: song? If I I could grant you one (laughs) wish, I
0: wish you could see the way you kiss. Have you ever heard of a video camera, you idiot?
1: Faith Hill. Right? Selfie mode.
0: Uh, So if I could grant you one wish for your creative life, what would it be?
1: That's a big one. Honestly, I'll say this and this is stupid because... I'm, like, ruining it because, no, like, if I find an eyelash or if I notice it's 11-11, my wish is always – this is always my wish. There's never a specific wish. It's always I want to f- figure out what makes me happy and live in that. Like, I don't have a specific – I guess I do. I mean, I would love to sing more. I will love to perform more. I would love to figure out a way to write my own music. But – not everything is going to happen. And I've learned that. And like you said, some things lead you down different roads. So Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't necessarily want to say like in a perfect world, yes, that would happen. I'd love to do that. But I'm also so open to the idea of like figuring out what makes me happy and living in that Mm -hmm. because if something else fills that void, like I don't want to put all my effort towards something and then it never happened and then avoid figuring out other things that could have totally happened that make me happy in the same way so I think for me figuring out creatively what else will make me happy whether that is doing more I have like a friend that I work with in radio and we're always saying how we're going to do all these videos together and we've done a few like stupid little videos for like Instagram which are so fun so whether it's doing more video type things or Maybe it is performing more locally. Maybe performing locally is all I do. Maybe I end up writing my own music, whatever it is. I just want to find what makes me happy and do more of it.
0: I think happiness is one of the most creative things of all. And I think it's really hard to attain these days because of the comparison and because we're always in our phones and we're not present. So... To me, that's a perfect creative goal and actually will probably lead you the furthest down all the paths you want to go on. Yeah. That greater intention.
1: I always love the stories of people that are like – I took a big risk and I quit my this job and I decided to go on Chopped and like start, you know, know all the stories. But I hate that they say I took a big risk. There was a woman, I literally remember watching this on the plane and she was like, I was working in the financial industry and I took a big risk and quit my job and went to culinary school. Why is that a big risk? It's not a big risk. That's what you like to do. Make it work. Make it happen. Do it. Don't say it's a big risk because you think that's like security and Whatever. It's not a big risk if that's what you want to do and you want to pursue it and you want to put your energy towards it full out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The big risk is staying complacent. That's the risk you're taking. You're taking the risk of risking your unhappiness for security.
0: Mic drop, bitches. <laughs> that's so true. You know,
1: that yeah. always bothers me. So happiness to me is the root of everything I do. I want to be happy in what I do because if I'm not happy, what do I have? Nothing. Nothing.
0: Nothing. Nothing. That's amazing. I I have one more question for Mm -hmm. you. So let's get back to little Emily with the microphone.
1: Yes, 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 let's do it.
0: (laughs) If she was standing in front of you right now,
1: what would she say to you and why? Oh, man. I would hope she would say, whoa, let me come sit in on the radio station with you one day. That's cool. I hope she would say that she's proud. I think she would say she's proud. I think that... I, I kind of still live with a little piece of that every day. I'm always – people always, like, think I'm way younger than I am because I have a really young soul. So I like to kind of keep – And great skin. Oh, no. That's called foundation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you um- don't have any wrinkles, though. So. <laughs> oh, well,
1: thank you. But I I don't – I don't know. I feel like a lot of my friends around me are growing up and moving on and, and – they look back on like our college years and you're like, oh my God, that feels so long ago. But to me, it doesn't. And I feel like I've always lived in this like weird state of mind that I still kind of live with that same dream of little Emily. So I think I'm still kind of her. So I don't know if she's really gone.
0: Oh, we're every age we've ever been. Yeah. She's with you. She's, she's the there. one that's driving you and so, you're working to make her proud. Emily's
1: talking right now.
0: Hey, little Emily. Hey, girl. Love your best. Hey,
1: girl. <laughs> hey, girl.
0: Final thing, if if she was standing in front of you and you were yeah. standing in front of her, what would you say to her and why?
1: Keep rocking out. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't stop and don't let your own thoughts get in your way. Keep doing what you want to do. Speak it out loud and keep going.
0: Thank you, Emily and little Emily.
1: <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> I, Lauren.
0: I appreciate you and you're amazing. Oh, and I love you. You're a you. true this creative. So I love you too. Proud of you. Thank you so much for listening and to my guest, Emily Scalar. For more info on Emily, follow her on Instagram and Twitter at it's Emily It'sEmilyOnAir. And listen to her on Hot 99.5 slash the iHeartRadio app weekdays from 7 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern time and 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern on Saturdays. Thanks to Liz full for the show's original music. You can follow her at Liz full Thanks to the official Unleasher and her creative intern, Kate Cordova. Follow her at CordovaKate27. Thank you again for listening. If you like what you heard, please go ahead and give the show a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe and follow it on Spotify. Also, it would really mean a lot to me if you would do an Instagram story, tag me and the show, and I'll definitely repost it on both of my accounts. Podcasts are so intimate. They're spread person by person. So your support means we reach more ears and more hearts. You can follow the show at Unleash Your Inner Creative at YouAreInnerCreative on Twitter. Join the Facebook group by searching Unleash Creative Community and find me at Lauren LaGrasso everywhere. My wish for you this week is that you have the courage to do what makes your soul happy. It's the most creative choice you could make. I believe in you. And remember to stick around for the creative of the week. Today's creative of the week is success coach and writer, Awilda Rivera. Awilda was a 26-year-old lawyer with a promising career when she had a stark wake-up call in the form of a major cardiac event. She was laying in the hospital later that night when she realized her problem. She didn't want to be a lawyer. From that, she rerouted her life, eventually landing on success coaching and later putting her lessons into her book, Success Math which provides anyone who wants to have a more purpose-filled, passion-driven, and self-defined life a practical, qualitative approach to achieve that reality. She has an actual formula for success, which I find to be incredibly creative. For more on Awilda, you can follow her at Miss Awilda Rivera. That's at Miss M-S-A-W-I-L-D-A Rivera. To learn her success formula, get her book, Success Map, on Amazon or wherever good books are sold. That's it for today. Have a great week. I love you.